welcome to another episode of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. As usual, I'm Max. And I'm Nikki. And together we're Max, Max and Nikki. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about award shows because today uh, the uh, Emmy Award nominations came out and, and it, uh, it just has enraged me with sort of a fury of a thousand lightning bolts in some sort of manner because some of my favorite performances and actors this year were not snubbed were not nominated they were snubbed and so i kind of wanted it we we realized oh let's talk about award shows because and what they really mean do they lot. matter what do they matter do they mean something are they significant um, um, before, but before we get into that, uh, station business, first, first order of, first, first order of business, uh, first order of business. I just want to mention that, uh, on today's episode, I'm just trying something out just for my own, uh, my own thing. I just wanted to try, I'm, I'm speaking a little closer to the mic on today's episode. I just wanted to try it out just on an engineering level just wanted to see that made a difference in the energy involved with the show Um, and i might i might mix it a little bit different too as well anyway the audience members don't care about that really no they don't but i just want you to know that if this episode sounds a little bit different quality wise it's for that reason it is because it is actually it is different in Um, quality and quantity actually other station business um, um, as just, usual, we got shows uh, lined up. We got a show on August fourth at, at the, the Bitter, Bitter End. End. Our in, band, Little Person, is going to be playing Bitter End in Manhattan, in Lower East Side. Um, um, as in the famous, Lower East Side, yeah, it's like uh, on Fourth, famous uh, Fourth Legendary Street, club. and like around Second Avenue or something like that. Famous Legendary Club with that a lot of performers got their start, such as such as Bob Dylan. Okay, such as Bob Dylan and Stevie Wonder played there. Stevie Wonder didn't get a I start. I didn't get there. a start there, but he played there. <sighs> okay, um, no you, big whoop. Uh, you know, Bob Dylan was kind of the famous one, I guess, or the one of the bigger ones. He was kind of. I mean, he was he was one of the bigger ones, if you know what I mean. Hmm. <laughs> um, Joan Baez can d- attest to that. Oh God, that sounds so nerdy, isn't it? Anyway, Ugh, I'm just not into that kind of music, really. I mean, I guess one could be, but it's just not really something I would choose to listen to. But hey, um, I actually, you know, I used to not be into that kind of music, but then I saw a video of Bob Dylan. What is that? Why do I? Oh, because you're thinking of what am I thinking? Dylan, you son of a bitch. Bob Dylan, you son of a bitch. Is that what it is? Yeah, from... Uh, Excuse my language. From, I don't normally say that. From Predator. But we're quoting Predator when Arnold Schwarzenegger right. shakes hands with Carl Weathers. His Carl Weathers' um, character's name is Dylan. And when they shake hands, he's like, Dylan, you son of a bitch. And they oh, shake man, hands. Nikki just said... I, that, I just was quoting the film. <laughs> and... Uh, they shake hands and then they do a close-up on their arms, their muscular arms that are just flexing when they're shaking their hands. And it served as sort of the uh, inspiration for our older brother Brent's video, comedy video called Squeeze. And check it out. Check that out on um, YouTube. But yeah, why, so that's why I was thinking of Bob Dylan in a certain accent, I guess because it was that. That's what I was thinking of. Um, Dylan. Dylan. Bob Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan, Bob Dylan, Dylan. Bob Dylan, you motherfucker. Anyway, um, so okay, so we got that show coming so up. So we got that show on coming August up on 4th. August fourth. Check it out. Should be um, our band. Cool the person gonna be playing, and we, you know, as usual, we. We've, for the past few months, we've been mentioning this, and it doesn't hurt to mention it again. Is our band, Little Person, has a new EP out, relatively new. It's called "I Feel Fine." You can check it out on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, uh, Google Play, Amazon, so on and so forth. Anyway, oh, Apple Music as well. A lot of people are using Apple Music lately. Actually, I reconcile. I reconcile. 
Um, anyway, uh, shall we get down to business, brass tacks? Let's get down to business as we... I, I, we, I feel like I've Let's said that. Let's get down to brass tacks. Um, um, so, so, award you know, okay, shows. Award shows. I, I just want to start off with, um, you know, the Emmy Award nominations came out today. And um, there were some omissions, snubs, if you will, um, surprising ones um, that has really kind of... Uh, I almost was going to write something on Facebook about this. I don't usually do that kind of thing. Um, I actually never do. Um, but I just felt like, okay, these performances need to be recognized. And if the award shows are not going to do it, then I have to, I felt I had to do my part in helping people get to know these performances more, you know? And so... Um, I just want to mention the the performers and shows that were snubbed this year that I thought really deserved nominations. Um, so the first one uh, is Michael McKeon. First and foremost. First and foremost is Michael McKeon's uh, performance as Chuck McGill in Better Call Saul. Um, now, if you haven't watched Better Call Saul, you better get on it because it's, it's, it's a, a great show. It's a spinoff of Breaking Bad. And let me tell you what, in my opinion... It's better than Breaking Bad. I know that's a bold statement for some of you. And let me tell you what. And let me tell you what. It's better than Breaking Bad, okay? Okay, it's just Breaking Bad is fake news. Better Call Saul, it's real. That's, it's the truth. It's honest. But truth be told, no, truth be told. And guess it's, what? It's huge. Um, <laughs> does that, has anybody ever made the joke like, you and know, guess what? Guess what? I'm huge. I'm huge no, right no. now. Or, or on the other side of the token, um, I'm about to go number two. Right? I got to go right now. I got to take a dump. And let me tell you what, it's going to be huge. I'm going to get jack off right now. And let me tell you what, my penis is huge. No, or no, or more like, and let me tell you what, it's going to be huge. Like it's going to turn huge. No, let, uh, let me... And it's huge, and let me tell you what, when I do blow up, it's going to be great, okay? No, I'm not into that last one right there. I don't know. But I'm surprised that, I am I mean, I feel like, because I want to, Nikki does an impression, of, uh, as you can see, of Trump, and uh, we have in the past, uh, on uh, once or twice, had Nikki do that in our, in our stand-up comedy act, and I wanted him, I wanted to add part of something in there where he goes... You know, like he does his own spiel as Trump and then the way he gets off stage as Trump is like, anyway, I really got to go right now because I got to go number two. But let me tell you what, it's going to be huge. And let me tell you what. I thought that would be let funny. Let me tell you what. It's, it's actually more up here. Let me tell you what. It's going to be huge, okay? It's, it's going to be huge. No, it's okay? not up there. And let me tell you what. I can't do it as well. And let me tell you what. You know, it's, it's going to be huge. My, you know, my impression of Trump is not an exact impression. It's more of a, it's almost like, um, you know, you take a Marilyn Monroe. You know, Marilyn Monroe is sort of, you know, happy birthday. But you get a little bit more light nasally with it. And eventually you get Donald Trump. You got to just, you know, you live a bit more, you know, Donald Trump. Okay. But it kind of is a little bit of a surfer dude a little bit. You too. know, it's a surfer dude. Kind of a Newport Beach You know, diet. I go down to Leo Carrillo, you know, catch some waves with my my boys, Hank Ten, and take PCH down to Leo Carrillo for a fantastic bonfire. And let me tell you what, it's going to be great. Okay. Totally tubular. Built the fire myself. It's just fantastic. Just great. Anyway, I got to go right now because I got to go number two in the ocean. And let me tell you what, it's going to be huge. Catch you later, dudes. Anyway, um, so anyway, okay. Michael McKeon as Chuck McGill in Better Call Saul. His anyway, performance, first the, of all, in the past okay, three seasons has been very good. But, but if you haven't seen it, by the way, I just there might be a little bit of a spoiler action going on right now. Not really. I'm not not really, really, but I just want to say, well, just for our opinions, I don't want to even influence your opinion of his, okay. him this season, but... I will say this. He is... No, but that, that's the whole point of award shows, sure. is that, is that fair if, enough, if fair this enough. person is nominated, clearly they were nominated for a reason, and people are going right. to want to seek it out for that reason. Right, right, so, right. So um, I will say his... I, 
you know, his performance this season is actually, in my opinion, in the top three acting performances of the year. Um, I'm like just very baffled that the 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 Emmy voters they 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 didn't nominate him for best supporting actor, and even though they they seem to recognize Better Call Saul, they recognize Better Call they, Saul because Better Call Saul was nominated nine times this year. It was nominated for best. S- dramatic series, best actor for best Bob actor Odenkirk, for Bob which is, he should have gotten, and best supporting actor for, for Jonathan, Jonathan Banks. Banks, and not which to diminish, little, not to diminish his, his, the quality of his acting, but but this season wasn't really, he was uh, this season he really wasn't uh, that standout of a, of a performer. It wasn't really a, a demanding role for him this this season, and uh, and but Michael, but McKeon, Michael McKeon was really as, shined, as one reviewer bright. said he was. The MVP of this season, actually, he he really made the show just actually get onto the next level and kind of higher like, level thinking. higher level thinking. It was his performance and actually the writing, especially of this one episode, Chicanery. Don't um, see this is where the spoiler. Well, but no, comes. it's not because like Chicanery is actually that episode was nominated for an Emmy this year for best oh, writing. Really? It's, it's really amazing how uh, like that episode was nominated for best writing, yet the performer who delivers the most in that episode, uh, Michael McKeon, was not nominated. It's, it's so weird. I, I think it'd be really cool if at the Emmy Awards, um, when they show a clip of for that that bit of writing, just, just, it'd be cool if they showed Chuck uh, Michael McKeon's part in it because it'd be a way. It'd be kind of like an fu to yeah to the, the Emmy Emmys. voters. Like, like this is what you overlook. Well, who votes on the Emmys? Who the Academy, it? the Academy of Arts and well, the Academy are stupid people. They I, are, I hate to say it. I mean, do I hate to say? It? I don't know. I hope that doesn't come so, off. Okay, it's just the thing is, John, John the King, average. I think what isn't the average age of the Academy like seventy some well, odd years okay, old? Okay, but that's not. The point. The point and they're is mostly this, white guys. The point is this: is um, so. I think Jonathan I think Banks. Jonathan Banks was nominated in the category. Don't quote me. Who on also that. is in Better Call Saul, and while he was, did a fine job, Michael McKean really should got nominated instead of instead of him. And it really makes me think, actually, that what Emmy voters do, and this is the same way that people vote in elections, is they get on this band. It's this bandwagon effect where people will vote for what has been stated as being popular. They'll vote according to, to, to tradition. And so people already know Jonathan Banks from Breaking Bad, and they're like, oh, he must be good in this show too. Let's nominate him for this show. But in my honest opinion, I think a lot of these Emmy voters haven't even watched Better Call Saul. And therefore you don't, don't think so? Uh, I think a lot of them don't realize how good... Michael McKeon actually is in this show because they actually haven't watched him in it. Um, that's the only explanation I can come up with. Um, you know, any thoughts on this, Max? Yeah, I mean, you know, there was also actually, I felt like, you know, some actors that, uh, yeah, I agree. There you go. I mean, I'm not quite sure if they haven't watched the show before, but certainly this bandwagon effect might be a thing. I should actually, uh, pref- we should preface this all with saying, you know, a, a lot of these award shows, like the Emmys and the Oscars, I know they seem like silly award shows, and in a lot and of ways, ultimate, they ultimately, ultimately they, they don't they, really matter. Ultimately, they are. But, but one they, good thing, the perhaps the only good thing about award shows is they get people to see art and artists that might normally, not have otherwise been seen. They might have been otherwise overlooked, um, right? Especially smaller shows or movies, right? Um, so that's why it's so upsetting that a show like Stranger Things was nominated this year because that show is really not that great um, and it already is popular. So it's not going to really help its popularity to to nominate somebody like the girl that plays Eleven in it, which her performance is fine, but... Even her, she wasn't as good as Winona Ryder, who Winona Ryder was overlooked. Was overlooked. And, and it's kind of that like, was another thing. The uh, I know Rolling Stone, who I did, which I don't agree with necessarily a lot of times, especially when when it's the like top like music artists of all time. I mean, they don't have the cure on there for oh, some they, reason. They, which well, is no, crazy. they don't have this. No, well, they don't actually. Rolling Stone seems to have a bias. A, a, 
in general against 80s new wave bands, which is really a, a shame, actually. It's, it's, uh, they had never mentioned, uh, you know, Duran Duran. They hardly, I think once on, on a list, they mentioned Depeche Mode. Um, and Depeche Mode is very influential. And New Order, they never mentioned New Order, and they're very influential. They didn't mention New Order. Joy Division, even though they're kind of more of a post-punk thing, veering on New Wave, they never mentioned them. Um, they never... The uh, Cure, they don't the, mention. They never mentioned The Cure. No, The Cure Which is, is one of the biggest huge, bands of all time. It's one of the time. biggest bands of all time that are just very hardcore devotees, you know? It's just kind of crazy. Anyway, that's another topic that's for another, another topic. time. But it, Anyway, but... I do think. I mean, Rolling Stone has some good points to certain things. It's just I just surprising. Including uh, this article. This that article we read. that we read. Uh, I guess it depends on who's writing the article, but right? They, Isn't that they, what happens? They essentially they said they you said, know Winona Ryder was snubbed because Winona. They Ryder, talked about all the snubs. In I this actually season. do think Winona Ryder did a good job on Stranger Things. I think ultimately that show is like kind of whatever. It's sort of entertaining, but. It's trying. I, I, Max, it's, this is Nikki talking. Max hasn't watched that show yet. It's trying too hard to be this '80s thing, but after the first episode, it really loses that quality really quick, and it's not like a Goonies kind of thing. That it, it's not the Goonies kind of thing that it's trying to be, and that's my problem with it. Is it's trying to be the Goonies, and it's not. Um, well, is it trying to do that from the from the after the first episode? Yes. It, well, it's trying to do that from the get go, and. Um, yeah, but you're saying it lost it after the first episode. Well, I think actually, in a way, the first episode it it seemed phony, but they achieved some qualities of it in the first episode. But after, especially after the first episode, it really just became a modern series taking place in the '80s, and it, it didn't, which is fine. It which can is be, better than right? Which is because fine. they're not trying to be. Well, thing. but they're a lot of times they're still trying to be, but they're not even achieving it at all. You know, that's the problem is they're not achieving it at all. And even with the music, you know, they're, they're copying this trend that it follows started where they're using this sort of, uh, you know, Van type of music, you know, music that you would hear in John Carpenter movies from the early eighties. Um, Van Gellis did, did Blade Runner. He though, did Ban- he? Blade Runner. That's well, not John Carpenter. Right. No, I know, but I'm just saying, I'm just, that's that, that, but a lot of horror movies really had this sound. Basically, Disaster Piece kind of brought this sound back in a way for that movie it follows. But that's a whole other thing. Anyway, Wait, we're going off... Disaster Piece? Yes, he's a composer slash oh. artist. What did he do? It Follows. Never and, seen it. Oh, you know, it's it's an entertaining movie. A lot of plot holes with that movie, though. Was that a horror say. movie? This is a horror movie. When? Ish. When is it made? It was made, it came out in 2014 or 15. Never heard of her. Um, anyway, so, you know. I felt like Drive kind of started anyway, that, so actually. The, you know? maybe, maybe, no, not, not in the same way. Anyway, basically, so what's good about these award shows is it, it makes people notice things that, might have been overlooked otherwise. Now, but that's we'll get that, into this. We'll talk about what's bad about this. And award so that's too. really what was wrong with the Emmy Awards this year. I mean, for one thing, it is hard because TV is becoming more and more cluttered with good shows. Actually, I mean, it's not cluttered with bad shows, but there's so much out there's there so now. Much it's out hard there. to nominate everything. I mean, it is crazy how much is out there. But but by when, the way, you know, it's interesting because. I used to think that, you know, people thought like we're in another new golden age of television. And I used to think, "Ah, no, we're not. I actually liked, I felt like the 90s, like nothing could be, like there were some good shows in the 80s and 90s. Like, I mean, Seinfeld and Frasier are two big shows from the 90s that I think are go down in history as some of the best shows of all time. And the 80s too have some awesome shows. But, and I thought, no, we're not in really golden age. But nowadays I'm actually turning a new leaf. I actually think... We do have some really wonderful shows out. I think these we're days. in a golden age of drama TV. Of actually. drama TV, not yeah. necessarily comedy. Not necessarily um, comedy. I think you're right. Of drama TV, we're in a new golden age. I mean, I gotta say, Game of Thrones is probably, and it's coming out. Boy, oh boy, Sunday. am I excited! It really is. One we of got the best a projector shows. here. We're gonna project it on our wall. It's gonna be. It, it's, it's gonna, gonna be, be great. Huge. It's gonna be great. Oh, and the no, projection this, is going to be huge. Is huge. Is huge. <laughs> it's huge. Um, because you know what's funny is because you know what's funny about that is people were uh, 
you know, kind of parroting Bernie Sanders for saying huge at first. Like, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be huge. Or it's going to be huge. I can't even do him, actually. Or, you know, so I can't. How do you do it? it how do you, you, he sort of talks oh, like this. He sort this. of talks like this. Sort of it's talks gonna be, like this. It's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. I don't know. I can't do it. I can't do Bernie Sanders. Okay, anyway. So maybe I could. Uh, okay, whatever. If I tried. So... Uh, um, well, so anyway, oh, so but anyway, Game of Thrones, I gotta say, is I was thinking about it. I think it is one of the best shows of all it time. It really is a well really constructed, well written, well acted show. Sure. Um, and, and you know, the reason why it was omitted from this year's Emmy Awards was because it wasn't eligible because because it it, there was no out. new no episodes this season. Um, uh, this, well, this, this TV the season, voting season, the TV season. Um, anyway, but also so, just other TV shows that have come out recently, Mad Men, I think, you know. Some of these shows may not. Well, some of them. There, some of these are really great shows. Mad Men. You know, a lot of people love Breaking Bad. I, I think Breaking Bad is a good show, definitely. Um, and Better Call Saul. You know, and uh, okay. Anyway, just there's some stuff hey, out there some, these days. Some good stuff out there, you know. Um, but there's so much out there that it's hard to nominate everything, especially with these streaming sites like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. Yeah, you know, they're really changing the game. Um, and it's making it so that these network uh, television, ne- these network TV companies really are very sort of unrepresentative. Unrepresented right. in these award. By the way, let me just lately. say though, I think we're also notice personally we're probably noticing drama shows a little bit more just because I don't think in the past I've actually been into drama shows. I, I think, but then again, the hype around drama shows well, is let much me tell bigger. You why is, the hype is let around me tell you why is much bigger. It's it's that. Drama more, shows a little more didn't cinematic. Used, now. Didn't used to be so serialized. Uh, we have an episode about. Uh, we have an episode of Splitting Hairs about right. this episodic versus serialized television. No, drama not series, all the time. Drama series, series, but they did actually. No, Twin Peaks really kind of changed the game. Actually, um, what do you mean? It, because that is serialized. That it, no, I know that's what I'm saying. That but didn't be, change before the game. that. Uh, before that, that's so wrong. Dynasty. But uh, all of these are like real kind of soap operas and Twin Peaks yeah, is but a soap who, opera too, who but shot J.R. Dallas that's a soap opera S- Twin Peaks is a soap opera I know but it's it was kind of a take on a soap opera that's I know, different but, from the normal okay, soap opera it was, name, it was changing the game can you, know? you name some other dramas that are not soap operatic I mean that are that are soap opera not opera? yeah ER I mean I guess that, that was huge that was huge no, in the 90s no I, that's what I'm saying that was I mean it was serialized to a decree, but often it was episodic, and that, okay. So and then uh, Saint Saint uh, elsewhere elsewhere. I mean a lot of these shows, Law and Order. That's a big episodic one. What I'm saying is, that I think people are more interested now because serialized drama TV right. is really a big thing now. You know, you don't really see episodic. And drama what it comes down to anymore. it is, people actually like soap operas more than they think. I guess is what the, the when thing it comes is. down to it. And is that a good or a bad thing? I mean, we talked about it. Ch- take a listen to our our episode on serialized versus episodic television, and then anyway, find, we're, we're make going a decision off on yourself. A, a lot of tangents here. I do want to get to the the subject at hand, which is um, award shows. Award shows, and so the Emmys overlooked a lot of these. Good, great performers who who should have been not should have been nominated merely because not enough people were watching those shows, um, and that's what's really crazy about Better Call Saul. Though, well, it's is, not about watching those shows; it's more about recognizing recognizing talent some talent that talent that I, can be hopefully be utilized for other roles. Actually, that's also, ultimately what it should also be for. can hopefully teach you something. I feel like Michael McKean is such a pro; he's been in the game a long time. And hard to believe he's never been nominated for an Emmy. And he started all the way back on Laverne and Shirley in the 70s. I know. And he's, yeah. he's been in the game so long, and he's never been nominated for an Emmy. And he just gives like a master class in acting in this TV series, Better Call Saul, that it's really kind of like uh, you, as an actor especially, but as an enjoyer of art, it's really fun to watch his performance and it's really interesting and you can learn from his performance too. Um, it really is a way to, he, he kind of uh, delves into kind of showing you the truth of mental um, instability, instability, mental handicap in a way actually. Um, and Well, uh, he's not, 
he's not handicapped. I mean, well, mental making... um, degradation, I guess, if you will. Sure, sure, yeah. sure. Um, so anyway, check out uh, Michael McKeon on Better Call Saul. You and won't regret watch it. him and other stuff. I mean, he's one of the great comedians of I mean, all time, too. If you watch uh, This Is Spinal Tap, all those guys are really great, and they really get into their roles. They're great actors because they don't wink at the audience at all. They're, they're very into the, uh, their, their performances. Um, but uh, anyway, so Michael McKeon as Chuck McGill in Better Call Saul, one of the, in my opinion, top three performances this year in okay. television. The other two, um, and this got no love at, at the Emmys, which is, I, I get it because it wasn't popular enough, quote unquote, but this, that, this is more That's of the exactly reason. Why it should exactly be why it should have been nominated is The Leftovers. Now, Max hasn't seen this show, but I got to say, the first season is okay, but the second season of The Leftovers might be, it, I think it's one of the best seasons of television of all time. And the third season is right, right up there with it. It's, and it's become one of the greatest TV shows of all time. And largely in part, due, largely due to the performers in it, the actors in it are so great. It's the best acting I've ever seen in a TV show. And I've seen some great acting in TV shows, you know, from Mad Men to Six Feet Under to, to Game Frasier. of Thrones to Frasier. Um, to Seinfeld. To Seinfeld. But the, these performers, again, master classes in acting. Uh, I'm going to name off the performers that really deserved recognition for their performances in The Leftovers this year, and they didn't get recognition. Where Justin Theroux, so good. I mean, he he makes you tear up, actually. Carrie Coon also can make you tear up. Uh, Christopher Eccleston also, again, can make you cry. All, all three of them are just so good in this show. And um, the writing is really good, too, but their per, their performances were so good that it's just, it's crazy that they weren't nominated because this show is a classic example of a show that should, this is what award shows should be made for, is to nominate shows like this that aren't getting enough ratings, even though they're critically acclaimed. It's actually the most critically acclaimed show on uh, Metacritic, uh, right underneath, Metacritic, right underneath uh, Breaking Bad, apparently. Um, it really is a great, great show. Highly recommend. You should watch it. Um, anyway, so those are my performances that were... Wait, you there was... An, oh, was that it? Those are the ones for me that I was quite upset. Now, I will say, a one performance that I did see that the Emmy voters seemed to get right, that uh, the show that is not getting a whole lot of... Uh, buzz. Buzz, or... It's not getting a lot of ratings, but it's the performances are getting, or Lou Anderson at least is getting buzz. Is Baskets and Zach Galifianakis was nominated this year for Best Actor in a Comedy Series for that his role in Baskets as Baskets, and, and Lou Anderson brother, is again nominated. He won last year though, right? But both of them are being nominated, and that's a really great thing because this is a small, offbeat show, uh, show absurd show really funny actually louis anderson is really great in it actually and and zach halfanakis is great in it too and it's great to see these kinds of shows and and performers get nominated i want to see more of that from award shows um otherwise it defeats the whole purpose of why they're award shows um right so ultimately so otherwise why why pit art against each other so you know right why pit art against each other we should be just celebrating them all um um and yeah so that brings us what to the the Oscars this year because that was a big that was a big thing. thing. So um, so this is we're going to talk about yeah okay. First of all, people on the whole as a public shouldn't be getting so these award shows really at the end of the day don't mean anything, and that's why it upset me so much to see uh, what had happened, what had transpired when uh, we, we watched, we watched the, the Oscars at a bar in with, in. Bed-Stuy, Brooklyn, New no, York. No, not Bed-Stuy. I'm sorry, it in was, Crown Heights. In Crown Heights, Crown, uh, I think it was Crown Brooklyn, Heights. New York. But it is with a lot of other people. And it just... Uh, so let's set up the scene here. Sure. So basically, um, the Oscars, one of the main contenders of the night was 
La La Land. And the other main contender was Moonlight. Right. For Best Picture. But I will say, but La La Land was nominated for a lot more, too, just the nominations-wise. Um, and uh, everybody knows what transpired that night. I mean, uh, on on the telecast. And right, Max but, and I, I just want to say, Max and I really, really love La La Land. I mean, it, it's... I really do not like this um, backlash from a certain section of hipsters and uh, white young people, it seems, because, and it seems to be a bandwagon effect, because it seems that they actually haven't, a lot of them haven't even seen La La Land, but they hate hate on it anyway. Or they may have seen the first 30 minutes and then for some reason decide that they don't like the beginning, which I actually can I couldn't understand that, but but if why you not really give the rest of the around, movie around shot? It's so weird the, to me, actually. The, the, you know, I, I saw this one. Ticket, I, I saw this one movie called The Shipping News, and it was terrible from the get go. Yet, I, my older brother and I stuck it out through the end because we were like, "Let's finish what we started." It just kind of goes to show you another aspect of today's culture, youth culture, is impatience and needing something to be to. And be immediately likable, you know. It's just they need instant gratification. Now, now you know? this isn't to say that Max and I didn't like it from the beginning of the film because we did. We like did. It. We, we did. We were in it from the get go. From the get go. Now, I understand there were certain things that in were the beginning cheesy. that were a little cheesy, and I can understand somebody not liking that. But if you for stick, me, the, stick with it through the rest of the film, you'll realize how beautiful of a film it is. And the last twenty minutes of the film are. It's, we'll go down in cinematic history as one, one of the greatest, greatest montage. Spoiler alert, actually. I don't even spoiler. want... Well, I, I think it will go down in, in film history. Actually, I think that people will remember La La Land in the future as a truly great piece of art. Right. And aside, it's like one of those moments in time where like, um, you know, like with Citizen Kane where uh, for some reason newspapers... Well, because William Randolph Hearst owned a lot of them, that it was getting yeah. a lot of bad press at the time it was it came out. But over the years, it's gained uh, a following, and obviously Often now it's considered, considered the best film, film, of, all film of all time. Okay. And now, I think La La Land is going to be considered uh, one of the greatest films of all time. Now, in the future, with that said, actually. there are, as I said, there are cheesy things in it, and, there's and I understand why people flawless. really don't. I flawless. understand why even people don't. I don't like the beginning. Now, Nikki and I did like the beginning. Anyway, in spite of the flaws we saw in it, just because we were excited to hear uh, good music, good music in actually a mu- in a modern day musical. in a modern day musical, because I guess maybe because we're very knowledgeable about musical theater. Well, actually, more maybe not so, more than the common person, and I feel like it, just for us to hear that kind of music in a modern day musical was surprising, and we we were easily captivated by that. Because and I think that's what captivated good, us. It's good melodic, catchy timeless music and, and as opposed to a lot of modern day musicals that come out well obviously modern day musicals come out today a lot of them don't really emphasize melody that much and i they're kind I, of generic they're versions, generic versions of, what songs of what what are. pop mainstream songs are from some of the most popular broadway shows today you hear these okay yeah songs. anyway we talk about this all the they, time and they're just we do talk about this all the time but they're they're, okay. they're not very good and they're not timeless. But, All right. Anyway, let me just say so that. La La so Land, we, anyway, we were, but in spite of that, Nikki and I were definitely in it from the get go because of that reason. And I guess we recognized the sheer technical feat of what was going on in right. the beginning as and well. Actually, you know what? It got it got us emotionally fr- from that first. From the music. I mean, from, from, the, from the, the music and the choreography. The choreography it's yeah. it's a technical feat. But it's also an emotional feat, especially at the end of the film. Is no, I know. Quite an emotional I know. Feat. I was just saying, like, but, there are certain things, aspects okay, I can understand. Okay, okay. People, but, but we're talking too much about La La Land. Okay. Um, the point is... Uh, so we were watching the Oscars. And by the way, Moonlight, also good film. Um, also good film, yes. Also I think good it was film. a very good film. Um, on a personal level, just on personal level, I didn't have as much of an emotional attachment to that film right. as... As La La Land. Nor do I think it was, in my personal opinion, as impressive as as La La Land. But right. Now, uh, was it as groundbreaking? Uh, subject matter, maybe. Subject matter. But uh, but filmmaking-wise, not, no, necessarily, not necessarily. Not necessarily. Um, now... But we're not here to really talk. I mean, we're, we're not, not here actually to, to even talk, critique to, on the other one. Because they were, we're both not, great films. Just and to the say... Point, and, and, 
And here's the thing, just so throughout the night, by the way, any nomination that La La Land got... Or won that with any nomination, any any award that, award it, that won. it won, and it clearly had the best song of the year. I mean, clearly, City of Stars. Come it on. was it was met with sheer cold shoulder in 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 <laughs> in in the in the in bar the, that we in the were bar that watching we were in. in because there were a bunch of these you know white liberal hipsters. By the way, I say that. Why do you say white though? I mean, it's not just well, white. it wasn't just white people, but it was just these liberal hipsters in this bar that were complaining that La La Land won an award. I don't know why. City of Stars is a timeless classic. I, know, I think I don't it's going to be covered it just, years from now, it, it decades from now. It just makes me think like, it was just undeserved. That's what made me, it wasn't the, see, the the. I guess this is the bad thing about the award shows is that it's, pit, again, it's like pitting people against a, a film that shouldn't have criti- you know, criticism it pits, pits it pits against people it. against It's unjustified. Part, and it pits art against each other, and that's a bad thing. And, you know, the thing about La La Land was it was shot on a relatively modest budget, especially for a musical. Really? How much? Um, I, I'm not sure exactly of the number, but I, I don't want to say just because I, I, I don't want to make people think, because I, I look up box, or I look up... Um, yeah, budgets, budgets of films okay. all the time, and it, to the list average listener listening to this podcast, they might not understand what the uh, an, an average budget for a film may be. So, if I said it to them, what the actual budget of La La Land was, they might not really comprehend what I'm trying to say. So, it was re- shot on a relatively modest budget. What do you it, don't play up to your audience? No, you? I know, but it it's a very unique thing. Do you that know I how do, much it was? I do know how much. How it much was. was it? Just say. It was shot for $30 million. Okay, that's actually relatively... I mean, compared- I, I want to say, um, like, action and superhero movies, those are shot for, like, $200 million. $200 million to, to give you an idea of the range of budgets there are. Right. Now, Moonlight was shot for, I think, around $6 million. Now, which is quite low. Which is quite low. But, but it was an independent film. It was an independent film. It was an independent was La La Land film. independent? It was independent as well, Um so when La La Land was first getting buzz, it was kind of like people were like, oh, this is the little engine that could. And then when Moonlight was getting buzz, people were like, oh, this is the even littler uh, engine, engine that, that could. And so it was cool that both movies were getting noticed. Were getting noticed. And, and then and so that, during the, the fact that award, the uh, Oscars Hold on, the, let me just were, say- were recognizing both of these films as the top two contenders for best picture, well, Manchester by the Sea was also no, no, another, no, no. That wasn't. Oh, okay. it was really down to Moonlight and okay. and La La Land. Um, that was so great because the the Oscars were actually recognizing these smaller films that uh, began a yes. life of their own, and they <laughs> they 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 really kind of like. Uh, Became popular be- okay, because you're of just these, coming around in because circles of right these now. nominations. We get the point. Know? Now the thing is, though, when the Golden Globes came out, it seemed because they were in two separate separate categories. One was Best Picture for a musical or comedy, and then the other one was for a drama film. Uh, there didn't seem to be a backlash against La La Land, and then post the Golden Globes, when the nominations for the Oscars came out, that's around the time it seemed like people started this backlash against uh, La La Land came it out. really started growing. It started growing. Maybe it's also because people started watching the film more. Now, maybe. I don't know. People, and this is what is wrong with award shows, is they pit art against each other, and that's wrong. We should be celebrating both. And so let's cut to the night of the Oscars. <laughs> We've already done. Um, it's almost but, like we're doing well, a film right now. We're doing different let's scenes. Let's cut to the end of the telecast. Right. When, so by the when, way, when throughout the night, La La Land is nominated and it's winning a, a lot of different awards, right? Deservedly so, yet no praise at all met from the room Moonlight, for some reason. When Moonlight except from, won, from, when except Moonlight, from our corner. When Moonlight won their awards, large amounts of applause from from the people watching. Right, um, right, right. And so we get to the big best picture uh, category. And, and they, they, as everyone they, knows, they, they missed, missed announced they, they the said award. La La Land at first. And everybody... Once in they the, said La La, 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 La Land, La La Land first, everybody in the bar 
booed, booed? except for me and Max. Um, everybody, and, and our two friends. And our two friends. Everybody booed and started walking out like big babies. Like, yeah, like, big, like as if... Sore the, losers. Sore like losers. sore losers as if the award shows mattered that much, which and is weird. As if they had something to do with these films, I know, too. as if they also been personally hurt by that. It was like, what? Are you kidding me? It's like, what? So they started walking out, and then finally, as a lot of them had already left... Um, they finally corrected the mistake and said, oh, actually, Moonlight won. And some people turned around and said, oh, Moonlight won. Let's go back in and watch. And Max and I thought, no, you don't deserve to come back in and watch. You poor sports. you were poor sports to begin with. You don't deserve to watch any art succeed. And if the filmmakers of both films, they were sharing a stage at one point and hugging each other and congratulating each other if they can be good sports about it and celebrate each other's works, right. then we, as audience members, as fans, should be able to celebrate right. works of art. You Barry know? Jenkins, the director of Moonlight, has on the record highly praised La La Land. He just is in complete He's awe in complete of that film. He's in awe of that film. He loves that film. And you know? the same goes for Damon Chazelle of Moonlight. Of Moonlight. There's, there's a mutual respect amongst these filmmakers. Because they know film, because actually. Because they know, they know film and they know what it takes to, to achieve make a film. such a cinematic feat. And, and, um, they didn't- and so I think uh, when people like take sides in these things, it, I think it's really coming from a place of ignorance actually where they don't really completely understand the kind of work that's put into a movie like La La Land or a movie like Moonlight people take sides they just want they want to be right about something about some cause they don't even really know about and that just happens in politics as you see all the time people just want to be on the right side for some reason and they're not willing to not the right wing side but the the correct correct side. side And so they just assume like, oh, the correct side is the one that's getting most traction and or something. And often people don't do their research. They don't and do find the research. out what, what they truly in their heart of hearts uh, actually, how they actually feel about a certain topic or subject right. or issue. You and know? this is what the problem our country's in. And you see that, especially There's, on the right wing right now, actually in the millennial generation for sure. But, and particularly at this moment right now, the right wing uh, set, uh, this is the right wing constituency are not willing for some reason to admit these heinous things that are going on in, in, if, in their party with, if the, a Democrat, with the Trump administration. If a Democrat and it's just insane because it's like clearly like this is I mean, what's going on in the Trump administration right now is just is completely admonishable. That's the correct word I can say, right? I don't, I guess. I mean, anyway, the, anyway. you know, and you also get a lot of these one issue voters. Um, like, oh, Trump is running on a, a platform of right. pro-life. I hate that phrase, by the way, or that expression, pro-life, because it's assuming that people who are pro-choice are not pro-life. Um, but pro people who, you know, I mean, sorry, there's these one-issue voters who, you know, assume, okay, Trump is running on a platform of pro-life, so we're going to vote for him no matter what. No okay, matter what else. I'm going off topic anyway, right now. Uh, sorry, this is going off topic. No, but just Any- the point is, the point is I'm trying to make is that on both sides of the spectrum, it's like nobody's, it's like, as we always say, people like to look, at, be black and white about things for some reason. But there's a lot of gray. They just want to be, it's because they want to be right or correct. They want to be part of some sort of movement, movement. Uh, that that is popular, I guess, basically. Yeah. So what, Which would night- be quote unquote, Correct or white? Because right. that that night when we were walking away from the bar, we and heard this one girl walking down the street, and she said, "Yeah, f La La Land." And Max is like, "No, it's a good movie. Go see it." And she's like, "Oh, I don't really know. I, I haven't seen it." And it was like, "Oh, did she say that?" Yeah. And it's like she hadn't even seen. Oh no, it was another guy that was talking about it. He said, "Yeah, f La La Land." And somebody said to him, uh, "Oh, did you see it?" And he's like, "No, but you know, f that movie." Oh, and is it was that like, what happened? Or yeah. Something? And it was like. Why would you badmouth? This is the perfect example of this bandwagon effect where people don't do their own research and they just assume something because everybody or 
there's certain friends that tell them, oh, this well, is the way. It's, it's also, here's to be, another you know? thing. Sometimes they they, the guy, the guy could have loved the movie for all he knows. Well, you know? here's another thing. Sometimes people are also very influenced by others. So even if they watch the film, they might in their subconscious, like have already a predisposed idea of how they're going to feel about right, the film. Right, right, right. Um, and so people are very impressionable. I used to be like that. I used to be influenced greatly by my older brother's opinions. Not anymore. I really try to go in with a clean slate and just yeah, and that's try to how, see how I personally affected by right. a movie, you know? You know, and I, I actually, because maybe sometimes it's hard to be impre- even, it's hard to be completely impression, unimpressionable. And that's why I don't even like when people even give me their opinions before I've seen a film that I plan on seeing. Even if they're not going to ruin the film for me, I just don't want to know nothing because I don't want to be influenced in the least. Uh, right. Because, and, and, you know, I just, that's how it is, you know? So, um, and so, so anyway, anyway, the, the, basically, so they basically, turned something that was so petty as the Oscars, actually, when really... So, and something so beautiful as... as these works of art into were. something that was some sort of like competition. Competi- no, not co- it is a competition, but it's some, some sort of vitriol, debate, some sort of uh, yeah, is it the right word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, um, and that's not the right way to approach it, especially. And that's what's that's a big problem with award shows, it, it ha- makes people take sides. I don't um, like it. I don't like it. And it pits art against each, uh, one another. I don't like that. Um, now, here's now, the thing. Now, oh, wait, wait. Uh, no, here's the thing. There was one thing. Hold oh, on. I wanted, to say, I wanted to say one thing <sighs> real quick. Okay. I have a friend who. Put, I always seem to let you do that. But no, but I know, but it's because I'm. I know I'm going to forget it. I know I'm going to forget well, it. I'm going to forget it. Well, just remember. <laughs> See, I, I just because we're still on the same subject. Is you know, I have a friend who uh, posted on Facebook after he saw La La Land. Facebook. I mean, sorry. Uh, he he put La La Land is trash, and I'm like. Okay, even if you didn't like it, surely it's not trash. Surely it's not as bad as like something like the movie Pitch Black. I mean, it's it's you surely can recognize all the effort and collaboration that's put into a movie like that. Right? It's certainly not trash. I know. Like, on a, you may have not liked it on, on a, a pers- taste on a personal taste aesthetic level? level, but you you must recognize on a technical level how. Spectacular. Right. Even our friend Dominic, who, uh, who, by the way, he doesn't like to run. He, he, uh, they host a, another podcast called Totally Tell Me. Very fun podcast. Very fun podcast. Listen, Check listen it out. It's very funny. Uh, even our friend Dominic, who doesn't really like musicals, and who's and this movie wasn't really for him on on the whole. He can at least recognize that this is not a movie of trash. It's just on a personal taste well, level. He, he he can recognize the technical. Ama- amazingness of of the film, and he was truly, uh, I believe, amazed by the technical feat of the film. Right. So um, it's technical it's aspects not, of the film. And, and he certainly he's a He certainly wouldn't bash the film, you know. Yeah, and actually, like, he did. He did like certain aspects of right, the film. And, like, right, and I think it's like because on a, an aesthetic level, I, Max, I don't want you to give the impression okay. that Dominic disliked. Uh, oh, he didn't dislike honestly, it completely. He, yeah. he actually thought it was a good film. Um, right. That's true. But that's true. He, that's true. He thought it was a good film. Um, that's right. He that's did right. like Moonlight more. True, true, he, true. He thought, so I, I don't okay, want you putting words uh, into his mouth. Sorry, I don't want you okay, putting words Sorry, in Dominic. Words. I know he probably listened to this. I know you're listening, listening to this Dominic, podcast. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, but the point is, you know, people, you know, don't let. They get the. They lead with their emotions, basically. Don't, don't they let, lead with their don't emotions. Don't let award shows determine uh, your sort of the side you're going to choose. That's another arts. thing about award shows too, is um, may, what's weird about award shows is it makes people, which is maybe not, maybe this is a false statement because Citizen Kane actually ends up being on the top of a lot of people's lists. Uh, but award shows tend to, like media in general, they tend to um, narrow down what we might consider is in years later, like the best movies of that year or something like that, based on if they were nominated or not, or what whatever won best picture. And there may have been several movies that came out that year that we don't even know about, you know, that were great. And I'll give and that's why I think, okay, so award shows, they really don't matter that much. 
but here's where they do matter. And I think they shouldn't be, uh, as we were saying, the good thing about them is that they get small films noticed that otherwise wouldn't be noticed. And that was a good example of why I think, while I liked La La Land more personally, and I think if it was on, on in my opinion, on if it was based on artistic real, merits, real com- artistic merits, I think La La Land should have won Best, best picture. picture. But, but if it's going to be politicized the way it, it seems to always be, then I, and I think that's not a bad thing. I think that's a very valid thing that it should be politicized. Then I think Moonlight should have won. No. Uh, if okay. it was between those two films. And the reason for that is because Moonlight is a is ultimate it is a smaller film and I don't think it would have gotten as much notice if it hadn't been nominated or if it didn't even win best picture. I think that and I think it's a cool thing that it was uh, for one it was an all black cast which is a but I think that's a cool uh it's a, th- a best picture that's an all black ca- cast is that, that's something that's not been done before, but you know. I think more a, more to the also, point is that it's about a gay black. It's also guy. about a gay, and also the subject matter being highlighted, actually, which is, which should be, you know, uh, homosexuality, homosexuality in, in the black community, in in right in a lower or at least in this specific black, black community. community but I guess. actually, I will even go as far as saying in the black community in general, because that is not something that, uh, well, maybe recently it's changed, but especially you know in the past, it's you know. Obviously, homosexuality has not been uh, wholeheartedly embraced, you know, throughout history. But uh, I think, in particular, in the Black community, it's even. I think, from what, I, from my understanding, take this with a grain of salt. I think it's even harder to come out as as being gay in the Black community. Oh, maybe I, I don't. We don't know that. I, I sure. think so, isn't I? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We shouldn't speak on that. Well, maybe not, I we shouldn't. Don't, we don't know what you're talking about. Maybe I don't know what you're um, talking about. But. Um, Anyway, so you know, so we talked about the Oscars. We but talked anyway, about- oh, I just want to just wrap that up right there. I didn't get to wrap that up, but yeah. So that was a small movie that almost wasn't even going to be distributed as much as it was distributed. Distributed. Can you say distributed? That sounds wrong. Distributed. I, mean, I don't like it. No, I think maybe you could say both. No, no. Maybe no. Well, anyway, distributed. Just no, kidding. Dis- distributed. Um, my dad was even speaking to the guys who distributed the film. I think, and they, it just almost wasn't even gonna. It almost wasn't even gonna be the little engine that could. You know, it was almost gonna be like. You mean the littler engine? It wasn't almost. It was almost gonna even be the littler engine itself. It was gonna be maybe like a very teeny engine that it was gonna be that a, just uh, went very small. You know. So it's just a surprising feat that I'd even got that far. And I think that's so it cool. It was going to be a one-cylinder engine, if you right. will. Right. I think that's a very cool thing. That's something that small actually became the best picture. Right. And that, because that, for for that to happen, that means, that gives hope for other filmmakers. It's a filmmakers. true testament to art, actually. Yeah. It, for one, it's a true testament to art, but also it gives other filmmakers hope that their films will be recognized and that they can have a, a career in film if they're even if they have a small budget budgeted film right. like that, now um, I, I will say yeah. uh, I will argue that if La La Land won Best Picture, because at one point it was the little engine that could, uh, it became a, a worldwide phenomenon. It became I a mean, worldwide people phenomenon. People are not j- people are taking dance classes. People because are of that, literally dancing in dancing the street in the streets to the music. Copying the dance moves in the movie, um, but tap dance lessons the, have gone up tenfold. I don't take that with a grain of salt because I don't know the numbers exactly. But, but they, they have gone, gone up, up a lot, and around the world, in fact. And so La La Land has become this phenomenon, and that's a really cool thing. Um, and if that won Best Picture, it's more like that would also be a testament to like, oh, if you dream big like your dream could come true, you know, and this is an example of it. It could win best picture. Um, not that that's important, but that it is recognized as such what? that it is the best huh. picture because Damien Chazelle initially wanted this picture to be made before whiplash. Um, and uh, he couldn't get it made. Yeah, but I don't think his intention was to get big picture, the best no, picture. No, though. I know, but his intention was, for it to be seen around the world. Right, and to it have did, an influence. It did. That's what to I'm saying. To have an influence. So if it, 
I don't think it mattered that it won Best Picture because I think the influence is already felt anyway. That's why no, I'm saying I know, like it, doesn't, that, it didn't but, really matter. That, but that's what I'm saying is if it won Best Picture, it'd be like the cherry on top. It'd be like, this is how far a film like this has come. When people knock, when a lot of producers knocked it down before he came out with Weplash, saying that musicals, seeing, seeing that musicals especially about jazz music, were not a thing. They were a thing of the past. He was able to prove them wrong. And if he, if it won Best Picture, it'd be like, I really proved you wrong. Like this is this kind of art can and will still exist. Right. You know, because while we think getting a Best Picture doesn't really matter that much, people think that in in general. You know, like the general public. Yeah. So I guess that's true. But ultimately, I don't think that matters that much because it's been highly lauded around the world. And I think on the grander scheme of things, that Moonlight one is more important than right. La La Land having one because La La Land already is reaping the benefits of its popularity. Sure, you know, I mean, I think it's, every, you, I mean it's reaping the benefits the, of it even the soundtrack, of it coming out. The soundtrack after, is so or, ca- catchy. The soundtrack is so catchy. People are it's, cut, it's look popular on, anyway, and it'll go. On, down, it will go down in history as one of the great films. I think. You, YouTube. You know? If you look on YouTube, so many people are covering the music, the songs to the the movie. I mean, right. so many people are. Right. Not even just the songs, but the instrumental music too. That's what's really right. cool about it is the instrumental music is great. The orchestrations are great, and people are covering right, that. Right, right. But sometimes people do that stuff with stuff that's sure, not sure. that good. You know, man. I know, but this is kind of a big phenomenon. This was a phenomenon. I mean, it is movie. kind of a phenomenon that phenomenon that people are taking tap dance lessons more than ever now. I mean, that's a thing that. I mean, tap dance lessons. Now, that's, that is something that is kind of like old the hat. Whole Nobody bug craze of the mid nineties, mid to late nineties. Right, you know, right. um, or swing dance craze. Anyway. Uh, we didn't touch up on a music award shows at all. I mean, I don't know if it's really that important to you, but I do want to say like, uh, why do those even matter at all? There's so many categories in the Grammy awards. It's like, Oh my God, who cares? And at a certain point, it's like certain albums or certain artists in these lesser known categories, like, you know, Neo best neoclassical album, like nobody's heard of them and nobody is going to hear of them. It, it's almost as if the award really means nothing. It means right. like, oh, we're recognizing you as right. Like, as far as the Grammys go, that seems more like they're just it's just a night for stars just to get together, which is surprising when Kanye West went up. I was going to interrupted. Beck. Taylor Swift, and when he was about to interrupt Beck, and when he's about to interrupt Beck because. Like it seems like he's pe- perpetuating this idea of pitting that it matters. Well, it's he's also it matters. Pit, he's perpetuating the idea that any of that matters because all those people that have, That's as far as I know, that have won the Grammys, like it just seems like they're, they're all popular music anyway. Actually, if like you everyone at- knows it and everyone loves their stuff in in the general public anyway. That's why these award. It seems like the Grammys don't matter that much at all, really. Maybe for smaller bands. But they're not recognized at the Grammys. Yeah. Actually, it's smaller bands. Yeah, and the smallest so, band that I've known at the Grammys to win was maybe what Vampire Weekend when it won. Like, oh, did that win? Vampire oh, Weekend what, won, like won Best Alternative Album or something. Something like a lo- this is a little while ago, and they were already big at that point. So you know, I, I just don't think it really matters that much. You know, right? I mean, it doesn't matter because there's so much. For as as much television and film there is out there, there's way more music. There's out way there. more music because it also doesn't take as much time to make music. I mean, it takes what, a to lot make of a, time. To, to make a song. I should say to make one song. Now, I mean, I'm just looking at this here. Every single artist that has won um, best album of the year has was popular like a popular artist at that time you know i mean it, it and their their albums were already popular it, it so it's it right really it really was just like a it, it it was like oh who's even more pop i don't know who is the board for the grammys who decide who votes the academy 
What academy? What do you mean? I don't mean? know. Laura just, or Anton just told me. I know, but there's got to be a different academy, it seems like. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Anyway, the Grammys even seem like they matter even less, actually, you know? Um, uh, but oftentimes so these crazy. things are, as we say, they're popularity well, contests. I will say, that, though. That is well, the problem. Oh, the popularity say, contest, not the Grammys, because oh, I don't even know hold on, what determines hold that. Hold on, hold on. I do want to say, hold on. I, I want to correct you about, on that, though. No, I just want to say the Oscars and and the Emmys and the Golden Globes, off, off, although that's the foreign press, actually, that's a different thing. But it often does seem like a a popularity contest, you know? As we said, people like to get on these bandwagons and, you know, it seems like the, you know, the what is the, it's like the Academy might be kind of like the Electoral College or something. I don't know. Well, I want to say this though. Even though that wouldn't make sense because the popular vote was a different situation. I want to tell you this though. Than the Electoral. Now, (laughs) we do think the Grammys don't matter yet. If we... Were proven wrong for one year. That would be the year of 2008 when Herbie Hancock, his album River, The Joni Letters, won Best Album of the Year at the Grammys, the first jazz album to do so since 1964, 63, for um, Getz Gilberto. Um, and that is making people recognize Herbie Hancock to a new generation of youngsters and making jazz appreciated And Joni Mitchell. And Joni Mitchell. And so that's a good thing, actually. But it usually so. doesn't happen. That doesn't usually happen. Right. And, um, but that might and I will even say, do, oh, yes, Gilberto came out in 64, one in 65, and that was an extremely popular album already that year. Right, but do you think that also, <laughs> that was like the sympathy vote or something like that, you know? Could have been, yeah. It could have been like the sympathy vote. It might have been like a sympathy bo- vote. Uh, where people sympathy boat, where you know was that truly the best album of the year? I don't know. Who's to say? Music. I mean, it's all subjective. Art is subjective. That's what's so crazy about award shows is that you know. I know it places these sort of uh, def- definitive marks on these like on these pictures. Like, oh, that one, the best picture of the year. That must have been. Great. It must have been the best picture of the year. I'm going to be straight up honest with you. Titanic won best picture of the year in 98 for 1997, and that movie is not that good. I mean, it's really... I mean, I guess in a technical feat sort of way, it is like sort of amazing sort of what he accomplished, yet it's so cheesy. I mean, it really is not a good... It's not a great film, in my opinion, at all. Right. Um, But... uh, that's when my older brother stopped Actually, watching. In, in the fact, Oscars. a lot of a lot of best. <laughs> Wait, picture, should I say that? Oh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say. I, that. A lot of best picture winners. Um, if you look at them, a lot of them are not very remembered actually today, um, and that's right. Amazing. Let's think about what are some of them, Nikki. Um, I will say the Hurt Locker. I mean, nobody really cares about that movie. You know, nobody's going to care about that movie in like. I don't know. Years. I maybe I will. Um, Will you though? I don't. I never seen um, it. Actually, did you see that movie? No. What was you something unique about that film though? Was it was the first woman had the director, first, female to, director, to win an best Oscar. Oscar for best director? Uh, Catherine Bigelow. Speaking of Titanic, she used was to be married to wife James, Cameron, James Cameron, actually, who directed Titanic. Now, um, let's think about these best picture winners. What else? Nikki, you're very knowledgeable about best pictures. I know. I'm just, I'm trying to think here. I'm now let's think some of them from the past. The artist won best picture. That is a, do you think that will be remembered as one of the best pictures? You know, it, as time is telling us, I don't know anymore, even though I think it should be, I think it is truly one of the best pictures of all time. Objectively speaking, top, 25 material as far as best top 25 films of all time i think it really is great although i don't know it seems like it's not being remembered as much as uh, but maybe i don't know maybe it is um so let's think about some of these films uh i mean the godfather you know will go down in history and i think that is rightfully so one of the best pictures of all time it really is great well some of these older films though you know like i mean wings wings are like Hollywood Review? Have you ever heard of this? Hollywood Review, Hollywood old, Review, old, not Review. <laughs> oh, Review, right. Uh, 
in in old Arizona. I mean, what the hell are these movies? Disraeli, never heard of it. Oh, Dis Disraeli, uh, Trader Horn. Um, oh, that's my yeah, Trader Horn. You know, Aerosmith. Oh yeah, that's that biopic about Aerosmith. <laughs> um, the Smiling Lieutenant. Never heard of it. You know, uh, the thing about the Oscars that is bad is they have a predilection or an inclination towards English-made films, English-speaking films. And for some reason, the best foreign, you know, if it's a foreign language film, it'll be in best foreign language film category. Um, Yet, maybe it might just be the best film that year, you know? And we don't consider that very often, you know? Don't you agree, Nikki? Best foreign, if it's a foreign film, Oh, right, 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 right. Yes, like um, Life is Beautiful. Right. Very sad movie. It won Best Foreign Language Film the year it was made, but it was nominated for Best Picture. Um, but it's still... And, but uh, against what, though? And it won, he won Best Actor for it. Well, against Titanic, you know. What was his name again? What's his name? Roberto Benigni? Yeah, Roberto Benigni. Yeah, no, it's a great film. Uh, but I just, you know, I'm sure oh, a lot no, of people no. would argue... No, 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 that came out the following year. Shakespeare in Love won that year, and that movie is truly great. It is a very good movie, I gotta well, say. Well, here's the it thing. Also, but it was also against Saving Private Ryan, which is also really good. That movie. is a very good film, I will Looks say. Like the competition was stiff that year. Stiff, like somebody's penis. Donald Trump's, because it's huge. Is it, though? Um, anyway, do we got anything else to say on this subject? I don't know. Basically, people shouldn't take these award shows too seriously. I don't like the idea that it pits art against each other so much. And if it were truly correct in uh, in doing its job, I think, what, what an award show should do is uh, represent people, actors or films that are underrepresented or are... Represent all the little people. Yeah. It should represent the little... Well, it The little just, engines that might. The little just engines that might so that they can get a better shot. So they, at that being, they can and could. So they can and could, exactly. I guess that is really the final word. But also, you know, sometimes people are just... If There are certain words that really should go... If, I mean, there are things that are overlooked that just seems like, how could you guys miss it? And it, it makes it seem like... These award shows are kind of stupid because they're kind of popularity contests. Uh, I mean, as clear example so is this year, Michael McKeon straight up should have won. I mean, should he should win, actually, Best Actor this year. Well, you haven't seen all the performances. That's true, I haven't. But he should have been nominated, that's for certain. But I will say it is, and a lot of people on the internet are outraged by the leftovers being completely snubbed throughout all categories except for Best Guest Actress. Um, like people are really upset about that because it truly is, it truly is one of the greatest television series of all time. I think so. Now here's another thing about TV compared to movies, by the way, for some reason, movies seem like more of an endeavor to, even though I'm going to watch more episodes, this out, this is, what does this have to do with the president? Well, I guess the, what it has to do with is, um, Oh, I suppose I had nothing. Anyway, I think we've covered it. I guess the final it. word is what we just said, I guess. Well, that was, that that's was the, the final, final word. word. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Splitting Hairs with Max and Nikki. Tune in next time. <laughs>